Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Family, family. Look like it's going to be one more week without the uh, star. So the, the co-host, Kelvin Harris, is going to hold it down again this week. But I went and got an expert in the basketball world to help me uh, break down these uh, NBA playoffs. My man, Tim Fuller, who's been a, a, an assistant coach at several uh, high-profile schools, and now he has gone into the uh, representation and marketing world, uh, handling of all players. Uh, one of the players he handles is Jordan Clarkson, who plays with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it's it's ironic that he's uh, on the show because he gives us an up-close and expert point of view of the Eastern Conference Finals. Tim, how's it going, man? It's going well, man. Thanks for having us today, man. I really appreciate being on. Hey, man, it's good to have you. Hey, Tim, tell everybody where you've been at. You know, give them your history, your playing right. history, your coaching history. Right. Well, just in a brief overview, man, I was fortunate to uh, – you know, be a non-scholarship walk-on athlete at Wake Forest University. Uh, I came in as a freshman. Tim Duncan was there as a senior. So I played alongside him. And then as I was exiting, uh, Josh Howard was a freshman, and I was a senior. So I had a chance to play with two of Wake Forest greats. And then um, I went over to West Forsyth High School and ended up coaching Chris Paul, uh, who was the third, uh, one of the three top three Wake Forest greats. So I uh, was really fortunate in the basketball space after Wake Forest. I uh, had a couple of stops, University of Miami, Elon University, Fairfield, and then my last two stops in college basketball were at uh, University of Louisville, Rick Pitino, and then at uh, University of Missouri with Frank Cape and Kim Anderson. I uh, enjoyed those times in, in college sports and raising three young boys on my own. I tried to um, you know, take take kind of my career in my own hands and, and move into the into the uh, individual uh, sector where working with the guys that I've that I've mentored and developed over the years and trying to help them continue to further their careers. Man, you got a you got a nice little rich history of uh basketball <laughs> greatness. I mean yeah, I bet I, I've been around it. You got a chance to see Tim Duncan up close and personal in college. Uh, <laughs> fundamentally sound. I mean Shaq hit it right on the head, the big fundamental. Big I fundamental, just fundamental, correct. And then you, now you, you were like an assistant coach at the high school when Chris Paul was right, uh, playing. Right, yeah. So I, uh, so I was the head JV coach and I was assistant varsity coach. Uh, so that's when uh, Chris Paul was a sophomore when I first went over there and then I uh, stayed with them to his junior year. And then I went back to Wake Forest uh, his sophomore year and finished that year with them as well. So um, I, I had some exuberant times with him and definitely was at Wake Forest during uh, – some of the best years they've ever had as a program. Yeah, and Josh Howard. Yeah, Josh is unbelievable. Howard had a so. So who's the coach of Wake Forest now? Uh, Danny Manning. That's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, Danny that program Manning. has had some solid greatness. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, to be a uh, school of only five thousand, uh, five thousand students now is thirty five hundred. When I went there, definitely the smallest BCS to. Uh, in my opinion, to do you know to to do great things of that nature. Yeah. So then you uh, you got to touch a real greatness because you was at the University of Miami. Uh, how long was you there? 
No, so I was just there for a brief stint with uh with, with Frank Cave, and then um, you know, I went to uh, that that before I kind of went back to Wake Forest uh, but after after Miami. So I coached with Frank there, and then um, you know, uh, then I went to work at Nike uh, for for a few years, uh, helping Chris on the sports marketing side and some of the other Nike athletes like Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo and Karan Butler. Uh, so, you know, I really learned a lot uh, about basketball and the business behind basketball, you know, while I had that stint at Nike. Yeah, I got a chance to um, see uh, the Nike thing up close and personal from the uh, football side because I was good friends with Warren Sapp. And um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His, uh, his Nike guy, actually, I'll tell you a story, um, uh, family. 1999, we're in Atlanta. So they had the Lyman Challenge then. So I remember flying in. We go over to the to the place. Sap does the Lyman Challenge. So the whole crew gets together, and we are uh, going to the party. We're going to, you know, we were just hanging out at first. We were at uh, Magic City, a special kind of club in Atlanta. And one of the people with us was a rap rap star Trick Daddy. It was a we were deep, a Miami crew. So Sap get a call and he said, Hey man, we got to go. So we all getting a little limo that he had, and um, we pulled to the side of the road down the street. And this uh, tall, dark dude get in the car, sitting next to Sap, with a cigar in his mouth. He didn't have it lit, but he was about to light it. He say, you know, they went and had a little talk. Then he gets back in the car and he says, hey, uh, we're going to the magic party. And Sap said, well, we ain't dressed. And he said, well, you and me, it don't matter. It was mad. Uh, Mike Jordan, and man, we was like, man, we going to the party with Mike Jordan, and then he had put Sap on the air, air you know, the, the Jumpman line, and you know, Sap had his own personal night guy, and Nike really took care of him, and I, I saw up yeah, and Now they under attack right now by Adidas, because Adidas ain't playing, but um, th- those two battling it out. Now. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you, you. Like I said, you got an up close and personal look at this Eastern Conference Finals with your affiliation with Jordan Clarkson. Um, yeah. It's two two, so now it's a best of three. Mm-hmm. Do, is it even possible for the Celtics, even though they have the home court, is it possible for them to beat the King and make it to the finals? Well, I would tell you this. Um, I would. Prior to the series, I would have said no. Um, after watching them win the first two games, um, you know, I'm sure that Brad Stevens is going to go back to the lab and make some adjustments, um, you know, for the next game, for Game Five. Um, so they're going to give they're going to give the Cavs some different looks. Um, the King is the King, though, and the King will dominate, uh, and he, he's been proven to be able to do that. Uh, in Game One. You know, I was there, you know, watching things, and the Celtics did an unbelievable job of taking away the paint, you know, from LeBron, right, at least the drive. And now he's been dicing them up uh, on the pass. Uh, you know, he's really operating uh, into that, you know, uh, colored paint area, and he's been able to draw two defenders, and he's making some really crisp, clean passes. And then the, everybody's cutting uh, – you know, the Celtics are doing some, some things on the baseline when LeBron posts to where, you know, he starts to post Terry Rozier, and then they rotate. You know, they bring their five, and then Terry rotates to the corner. But um, LeBron's been getting that post up 
more and more over Terry and they before they can get him to a rotational place. So, um, yeah, he's, he's really uh, taking advantage of the mismatch off the pick and roll. So, um, you know, I'm sure that, I'm sure the Browns going to make some adjustments, uh, but definitely if they allow LeBron to keep posting up Terry Rose here, you know, it's going to be continued 40-point nights and, and the Cavs going to walk away uh, pretty cleanly. One of the things I saw in the first two games in Boston is that, in the words of Shaq, the others, they were in the witness protection program. Uh, J.R. Smith, uh, Tristan Thompson was still uh, having some problems uh, with his baby mama. Uh, George Hill was non-existent. And then all of a sudden, Kyle Corver, and then all of a sudden, the light popped on. That, that play Kyle Corver made uh, last night where he dove and he forced Terry Rozier to stick his hand out and, um, and 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 kept the ball for the Cavs. That wasn't happening in the first two games. And I guess, mm-hmm. you know, what they say about the NBA playoffs is that the others do play better at home. Mm-hmm. And me personally, I think that they've gotten their confidence back because Kyle Corver had two blocked shots last night. I mean, <laughs> Kyle Corver. No, they, they and, definitely played invigorated and um. That's one of the things that Jordan says, uh, you know, is, is apparent about LeBron is that not only does he bring excellence every night, but he expects excellence. Um, and, uh, you know, as his teammates, you, you, want, you, you want to perform and play at a high level. Now, to your point, you know, uh, I think coming off the, the, the elongated series or coming off, you know, the, 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 the Indiana and then quick turnaround to Toronto kind of had the others in, in your, um, your words, your terminology – uh, a little bit foggy, but I think they're out of the fog and, um, you know, they're ready to compete. Well, the one thing I saw last night that I think you may, you know, you brought up the thing about posting up Rozier. They put Keith Smart on him a little bit more last night. Keith Smart's a tough kid. I, I Mark, lived in Mark Houston. Smart, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. thinking about uh, Keith Smart from yeah, Indiana. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that was a hell of a shot he didn't he made, but I, I I lived in Houston for 15 years, and I remember watching uh, Marcus Smart when he was in high school, yeah. Yeah. and he was dominant because he was physically dominant over people because it was right. size because you don't see it because he plays guard and he's in the NBA with tall guys, but I mean for his size he is a physically imposing kid in the high right. school level and even in college, so mm-hmm. you know he's six four two thirty. Mm-hmm. And he's a bit more sturdier than Terry Rozier, but LeBron's 6'8", 270, so, I yeah. mean. Well, once LeBron gets you down below the free throw line, he can, he's he pretty much got you at his, at his, you know, to do whatever he wants, you know, at his will. So, he's going to pose his will on you, and, 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 you know, he's really getting them now. I don't know if you've seen the play, uh, you know, in game three, LeBron comes off the screen and roll, and then he draws two, he backs them out, he makes a little left-hand shovel pass down to Tristan for the dunk. He's really just taking advantage of the mismatches and playing, you know, advantage basketball, and it's it's tough because he had like he like literally watching him up close this year. I, I was able to see just how how he sees the floor and his um his vision. I mean, it's probably better than any is is that of of Chris Paul's, right? So it's better it's <laughs> okay. better than any other guard in the league. You know? I'll give you one better. He's right there on par with what Magic used to have. I think. Oh no, personally. he got yeah, he got the yeah. I'm saying, but what I'm saying today's game right now. You know oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like I, I consider Chris one of the best. Like guys that sees the floor. LeBron sees it better than him. I mean, he just does, and it just feels it just feels unbelievable. 
Well, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because we're, we're about to go the commercial, take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the um, Western Conference uh, finals because uh, tonight is game four. And I think personally, this is one of the biggest games in the history of the Houston Rockets franchise because they need to win this game because if they don't win this game, I just don't see them winning the series. But when we come back, before we get to that, uh, when we come back, I want to ask you about these uh, shiny suits, man, because um, you, you're up close. <laughs> you're seeing them. So when we come back, we're going to finish on that, and then we're going to get into the Western Conference Finals. But we're about to take a break, and we'll be back on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thunder chickens beware, we're coming for ya. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, it's all about the Spring Gobbler Smackdown, and our panel of pros are out for beards. Joining us is David Blanton of Bill Jordan's Real Tree Outdoors and Monster Bucks, outdoor writer M.D. Johnson, and Pete Muller from the National Wild Turkey Federation. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, family, we back on the Get Down once again without Hurley Brown. You know, Hurley threw me a little little, uh, monkey wrench. I actually thought he was going to be back this week, but I guess it's next week. They had their uh, spring game. Uh, I don't know how Maradona did. Well, they had a jamboree. They played two teams. But Hurley's doing a great job, and uh, the Mustangs will be great again. I'm here in uh, normally sunny Fort Lauderdale. It's a little dreary right now. This rain's been rough. And my man, Tim, you're headed back to Cleveland, huh? No, I'm leaving Cleveland. Uh, oh, you're leaving Cleveland? Yeah, I'm leaving Cleveland. I was just there last night. So, yeah, I'm on the road. Uh, you know, so forgive me if it gets a little scratchy at times, but I'm I'm headed out of Ohio now. Where are you headed to? You headed to um, Boston? Uh, Kentucky. No, nah, my family lives in Kentucky. I'm gonna go there for the day, and then I'll I'll fly out to Boston tomorrow. Game's not till eight thirty. Oh, you in Louisville or Lexington? Louisville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one of my college teammates uh, coached a long time in the state of Kentucky. He was at Western Kentucky. Um, then he followed Bob Petrino to Louisville, and then he just, um, he was at University of Kentucky with uh, Mike, Mark Stoops the last uh, two, three seasons. Uh, so, yeah, he's out there. He's a bluegrass guy. Look, okay. you've seen this up close and personal, man. 
uh, who is the stylist that convinced them to put them shiny suits on? <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for Diddy to come out and introduce the team. I mean, <laughs> well, I think that you know LeBron's always uh, is, is going to be fashion forward. Um, he's always uh, very. He's been always been very creative since he's been in the league, and um, you know it was a splash just bringing the Tom Brown out and. Uh, giving something different and uh, allowing it to be, you know, kind of aired and let it be known that, you know, the, the Cavs have a certain level of camaraderie. So we'll see. We'll see, man, you know, how this does for um, for uh, for the guys. One of the things that he talked about with the team is that, guys, when we come on the road, you know, it's a business trip. Uh, so I think that, you know, part of them coming into the game in suits is just remind everybody it's a business trip. We're here to handle our business. I mean – when I was at University of Miami and, you know, even in the pros, in the NFL, it's, it's that way it, on the road. Uh, guys, you know, come in their suits. Some guys dress up on the home games. Some guys are a little bit more casual. But in college, we really didn't have a choice because I was with Jimmy Johnson first two years and in my last three, it was with Dennis Erickson. And both of them had us, you know, and, and it was a sense of pride. Everybody was trying to outdo the next guy. You don't really see that in the NBA because there's so many games and, you know, guys get, you know, guys get a little lackadaisical. But I, I like the I like the sentiment. It's just that, man, I mean, them, them, the, the bottom of those pants are so tight. I figured that they're cramping up the first quarter when they come out. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's today's fashion, man. You know, it's a fit slim and, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, today's, it's today's fashion statement, so. That's what the guys are wearing now. Yeah, I guess. Now, segueing over to the Western Conference, you have just as much uh, uh, connection to that because of Chris Paul. Um, As I said before the break, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I've been hearing some things, and I know it's in in Oakland, but the, the Houston Rockets have to win this game tonight, not only to tie the series and make it, you know, make it a two out of three and giving them the advantage back, but I've been hearing some rumors that if they lose this series, Chris Paul is out the gate, possibly with LeBron, and um, I'm also hearing that there's some shakiness in the confidence of the team in not only James Harden, but in uh, Mike D'Antoni, and I got to be honest with you, Tim. I am not a Mike D'Antoni fan. Um, okay. For one, I, I think he's a, a revolutionary. He reminds me of Chip Kelly in football. But just like Chip Kelly in football, he has a fatal flaw. He doesn't adjust his system. I mean, uh, I believe it was Eric Gordon who um, made a statement and said that what we're doing right now ain't going to work against this particular team. And sometimes you come up against a juggernaut that has, you know, has your number. That's what the NBA playoffs is about. Every game is an adjustment, and he just don't seem to want to make any adjustments. Right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I think that, you know, when you come into this game and you come in with a system uh, and, and, and you build personnel for your system, I think D'Antoni is giving the system the opportunity to let his players play. Um, so when you talk about making adjustments, 
I think that the team and the players, given the fact that they trust the system uh, to work for them, they just they have to operate a certain way in the system. Like so, in my conversations with some of the guys, it's just like they they take the earnest on them. Uh, so uh, I don't want to say a coach isn't doing a certain thing. Uh, you know, I, I allow the players to make plays. Now, I love what Tyrone Lewis done and making adjustments to adapt to some of the things that Brad Stevens was bringing to the table. So, but they don't necessarily have that same system based off of philosophy and principles. Yeah, um, you know, their system is built around LeBron, whereas Houston has their has their philosophy and a system and, and principles that support that. Well, here's the thing I noticed and. A couple of actually Chuck and um, even Kenny and Shaq brought this up. All right, you're playing the Warriors, the most deadliest three point shooting team in the league. Now, mind you, Mike D'Antoni is the guy that brought this into effect. But here's the problem Steve Kerr was his general manager in Phoenix. Steve Kerr knows all of the flaws of that system. And. Uh He has a deck of cards. Like, he's playing spades. He got 12 books. So <laughs> so you come down with your one-on-one isolation game. And guess what the what the Warriors are doing on defense? Nothing. They stand right. around, right. checking the Instagram, waving at their girlfriends. <laughs> then they let you shoot, get the rebound, and they sprinting like greyhounds. They gone. <laughs> but then if they don't get the fast break, guess what they do when they come on offense? Oh, they moving passing, down. Cutting, they're moving, they're cutting you up. Yeah. So yeah. Clint Capella is tired as hell because he's been chasing Jamon Green all uh, 24 seconds. So now, late in the game, your people don't have the elevation. They don't have the burst. And you, as a ball player, know this because I, I mind you, I did play three years of Boston High School, so I know yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. that in the, in the fourth quarter, the lift ain't the same as it is in the first two quarters. So them threes is going down easy in the first two, three quarters. But in the fourth quarter, the legs are fatigued. And they're fatigued right. even more because you've been running around chasing these jackrabbits. Right. Defensively, yeah, 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 yeah. And then poor Trevor Ariza. You got to go to KD. Right, right. That guy has no pressure on him. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Tim. I want to... I want to give him as much credit as he should get for being as good a player he is, but right. I'm still a little I'm still a little disappointed in him for the decision he made. So, so let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you're Mike D'Antoni, what do you do to try to uh, negate the, the, the warrior assault? <laughs> you know, one of the things I would try and do, I would put a target on Steph Curry's back and I would post him up in the paint and make him play some defense. Okay. I mean, some real defense. Clay Thompson. Who? I think Chris Paul. Okay, that's a good option. I mean, not just like, okay, you get the ball to Chris Paul in the low on the on the low block, and not necessarily with a drop step or something, but uh a drive to the hoop. You know what I'm saying? No, make him make him, him operate, let him operate out of there and then play off of that. That's not bad. That's not bad. And then you can still set your three-point shooters up because now yep. uh, he's driving to the hole. Steph Curry got to make a choice. He got to he got to defend. So if he if he sticks his hand in there, you got to foul. 
Chris Paul right. is a great free throw shooter. You still got James Harden standing out on the three-point line along with right. uh, the other guys. And at least if you're sitting around, this is why I really have a bias. I, I, I'm a full disclosure. I'm really not a fan of the Rockets because they're trying to take the big man out of basketball. And the NBA, <laughs> to some extent, is trying to market like this is a new evolution of basketball. Let me tell you something. What they're doing, the the 94-95 Rockets did, except they had yeah. a low post game yeah. and better three-point shooters. Because right. go back. They had a 6'10 stretch four, Robert Horry. Robert Horry, yeah. They had Kenny Smith, Sam Cassell, bombing. Now, they had Clyde Drexler, who couldn't shoot the three as good, but he'd hit one when he needed to. But he was yeah, a guy that... He was a slashing, slashing. Yeah. And then they had the one thing that nobody in today's game could stop. <laughs> yeah. You're going to bring that name out the box. <laughs> hey, man. Listen, and and the one thing I say is LeBron has figured out when you need a tough basket, you don't get it at the three-point line. No, you I get it. Go in there and mix it up on that block. Yeah. And see, LeBron don't necessarily have to post up, although I think in the next two, three years, you're going to see his post-up game get even better. And when that happens, he's almost unstoppable. Okay, yeah. he is unstoppable at that point because now yeah. he's going to get to the free throw line one way or the other. But right. the Rockets can't get easy baskets. Right. If you look at it, when the, when, the, when the Warriors need an easy basket, they don't shoot the three. They let right. Steph drive to the hole. Right. And that's the difference. I mean, they may not have a post up big men, but they get points in the paint. And you're yeah. never going to be able to eliminate that. I mean, that's just me personally. I mean... Oh, I agree. Oh, I agree. Now, I agree. I think this has done a lot for Chris Paul's game, though. I mean, you've seen him from his days in high school. I think he got stale in, in L.A. I think the team had a mental block. I think there's... Personally, I think there's a curse on that team for from when... um. The dude owned it, and it's going to take a few right. years to get the stench off of it. But I think this right. has been a revolutionary season for Chris Paul. Well, I always say this. The thing I always relate just to Chris, even when he was, you know, going up against adversity, is that, Chris, you're, you know, you're a winner. And he's always uh, he's always won. Uh, now, that doesn't him being a winner doesn't necessarily mean rings. I know he and Rondo used to talk all the time. Rondo's like, hey, I have a ring, and you don't. I mean, Chris, Chris, Chris has won uh, because he's, he's he's coming to the league as a, as a as a sub, you know, six six two six three sub that guard, and he's been able to become one of the most uh, revered uh, players in the NBA. And uh, you know, he, he he always makes those around him better. Um, you'll see PJ Tucker, uh, you'll see the kid Green, um, you know, have have great. Performances, and you know, as he's out there on the floor with them, because uh, he's one of the most selfless individuals that you'll find that 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 play this game and, and that you know, can be can be considered a superstar. So, um, yeah, I, I hope the best for for them and and, and him because uh, I, I would like him to see competing for a uh, competing for a, a world a world championship. Yeah. Um... With that being said, I, I agree with you because I really like his game. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to finish up on the Western Conference, and we're going to get into All some right. more topics. Um, particularly, I want to get into this draft and what you think about it, you know, the lottery. 
So okay. we come back. We're going to finish up the Western Conference, and we're going to talk NBA lottery with uh, my right. man Tim Fuller to get down with Hurley Brown. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the Coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5pm Eastern Time and 2pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, family, we're back on the Get Down. Well, once again, without Hurley Brown, but he'll be back next week. Um... I got my man Tim Fuller helping me uh, get through this show, and he's providing some uh, unique insights that you can't get, you know, really a lot of places. I mean, you got a guy that is right there at the Eastern Conference Finals, um, you know, representing uh, Jordan Jordan uh, Clarkson, who was one of my favorite young Lakers. I was a little upset that they let him go, but I understand the big picture. We got to carve our space for possibly Chris Paul and uh. Uh, LeBron next year, so uh, somebody now um, in the Western Conference, do you think Rockets can get it done? Uh, Tim, do you think that the um, the Rockets can tie the game up tonight? Uh, you know, I'm always going to go with my guy. I mean, you know, I, I have mentored Steph Curry. Of, you know, Andre Iguodala is a good friend of mine. But, you know, Chris Paul is a, is, is a hard string, a hard tug for me. So I always got to bet on Chris whenever he's in a match. So, yeah. So who are you, who are you going with? Who are you going with in the series? It's a, tough, it's, a, it's a really a tough call. I mean, if they can swing it back, get the uh, 
last game back in Houston, um, I'm going to say, you know, they got a chance there. But if they can't get that swing back, then um, we're going to have a problem. Because <laughs> the Warriors <laughs> got an imposing atmosphere. Um, you know, they, they were fortunate that Steph had, like, an outer body experience. And the, 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 the rim literally had a lid on it when he was when he was throwing up shots. Um but you know that's not going. That's not going to be on a regular. So, especially problem, not in Golden I'm, State. Especially not at home. No, especially not at home. But the, the thing is, when you when you get a guy like Steph Curry, right, and he's getting the shots off cleanly, and he's getting to his spots on the floor like that he wants to get to, like it's really still his game. You know, whether yeah. or not the ball goes in or not, to be determined. But it's still his game. So if you can't take his spots away from him. And you can't stop him from getting to the basket with those, like, you know, the 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 the, the, the uh, RT finishes. Then you're really not you're, you're not stopping him from, uh, you know, have, having his impact. You just got lucky that night, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I think it's gonna be tough for any one of these three teams to beat the Warriors. Um, right. It's uh, it's their game, and I think the Rockets have to come. James Harden has to prove that he ain't softer than baby doo-doo in big games. Come on, man. James Harden is stud now. (laughs) Hey, James Harden is a great scorer, but he has yet to come with that LeBron face, that game six Boston game that LeBron had. We've seen him put up points, but we haven't seen him be the best player on the floor in a meaningful game. I mean – he still got the stench of San Antonio last year on him, and I just think that if if they win tonight, it won't be because of him. It'll be because of Chris Paul, um, right. which I just right. don't think that they have enough in Oakland to beat them. I mean, well, yeah, I mean it's gonna take a team effort for sure. Um, I'm not gonna say they can't do it, um, but everybody's gonna be on their game. I mean, PJ Tucker. Got, he's got. He's got to be some neutral, neutralization going on. Because, I mean, as as much as I love Steph, the the the, the dude that is going to consistently kill you is Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, so you get you consistently getting getting drilled by him. So I mean, I mean, he's almost unstoppable too. Because right, you so, so so you consistently getting drilled by him. I mean. Like I said, I'm still halfway disappointed in his decision because I know people say Russell Westbrook is selfish and it's hard to play with, but they were up three one on the Rock on the uh, Warriors, and then I mean let's just let's look at this. If Michael Jordan had a loss to the to the Pistons and then the next year been a free agent and signed with them, we wouldn't be wearing their Jordans right now. I mean. It's just yeah, something I think, about. I think I think I think it was a different game at the time, you know. And I'm I'm gonna say like, you know, these guys. It it, it would have been the same as if the if uh, you know Magic Johnson went to go play with Larry Bird. You know what I'm saying? But one of the things changed, man. And I'll tell you this: when I was uh, you know watching Chris in his first couple years in the league, and. Um, Tony Parker, they played in New Orleans. I was down there visiting Timmy, and Chris played. And Tony Parker stayed over at Chris's house the night before. And I was like, man, this stuff never will happen in the old NBA. You know, these guys weren't friends. 
so you 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 the, the NBA like like Magic and Bird, Magic and, and Isaiah, like that was a war that they went into, and it carried it was personal, and it, it carried on beyond just those lines on the court. So I'm just gonna say it's a different game now, man. It's like you know these guys they 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 they, they play for different reasons, um, and uh, they don't have they don't have the same fuel, and, and they're fueled by by other other motivations. It's the same thing in NFL. It's the same thing in college football and NFL. I mean, you know. Now, I'll say this. I was a part of uh, one of the more um, lively rivalries in college football, Florida State, Miami. Ours was a little different than, say, Alabama, Auburn, or or your Ohio State, Michigan, because Florida State and and Miami were like brothers. I mean, in the Uh offseason, we would go up to Tallahassee. Everybody had a girlfriend in Tallahassee, and the, the Florida State guys would come down. Hell, Dion was from my hometown, so it's like it was a little, it was a respect there. And I think uh-huh. back in the old days, there was respect. You know, I want to. There was a dislike for the team, but it was a respect. You know, now it's it's like it's kumbaya. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's kumbaya, man. These guys they go on vacation with each other. They take trips in the off season. So it's different, you know. It's different. Yeah. Now they had the draft lottery last week, and mm-hmm. Phoenix came up with the number one pick. And we were talking off air about how do you say the guy's name, Luca? Yeah, Luca. Yeah. Yeah, the it's six eight Slovenian point guard who is being considered for the number one pick, along with DeAndre Ayton. And I said right. if they if they don't pick DeAndre Ayton number one, and you you made a point about. He could stop all this no big man stuff because, right. I, and not just him. I think that um, MB once he realizes, hey, they can't guard me down here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. those two guys definitely could bring back the low post. But you know, I was talking about this last week with a guy from my hometown, Curtis Kitchen, who played in the old days. He played eighty six to eighty nine with the Seattle SuperSonics. When you know, back when everybody had the seven footer, and I was telling uh-huh. him the thing that disgusts me more than anything else is guys like Tristan Thompson, Kendrick Perkins, DeAndre Jordan, who have been in the league multiple years and have yet to develop any type of game. Why are uh-huh. they calling? Why are they calling Kareem and Shaq? You know, if you're DeAndre Jordan, you should be you in LA. Why aren't you talking to Kareem about the sky hook? And you can't make mm-hmm. free throw. Why aren't you calling up Rick Barry and swallowing your pride and learning the, the underhand free throw? Because you could be making more money if you would stay on the court. But these guys aren't developing any type of low post game. I mean, what 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 are these guys doing in the off season? Well, that and that's that's you know it's funny you say that because that's one of the reasons you know I started you know my company. Um, is because we focus on the players' individual development outside of the, the the natural NBA season, and it's something that guys are just going away from. To be honest with you, it's not it's not anything. Um, it's not anything that is 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 uh, indictment on them. Games just isn't being taught the same way, and you got Phil Handy up at um, you got Phil Handy up at uh. Cleveland is doing a great job. Uh, he was a point guard, right? Uh, well, yeah, he was, and uh, he he's just 
one of the throwback guys that is unbelievable for development. But the game has changed on the coaching side too, man. It's not it's not the same level of development commitment to it. So these guys got to find the right people to do it and make it work for them. And that's one of the things that a lot of these rookies need help doing. But the other thing, you know, to be honest with you, these guys aren't motivated to still do that anymore. You know? Well, no. If you're Tristan Thompson, you don't need to get a game because right. they just gave you 85 million guaranteed. Right. Mm-hmm. They can't take your check back. But it's funny you say that the coaching has changed too because I'll be honest with you, Tim. In college football, at, my bad. No, in high school football, college football, and even worse at the NFL level, coaching is not the same anymore either. It's like. Right. The coaches got the money, and they ain't working as hard either. And I mean, see that key word you just mentioned right there, man. When these guys get paid, then they go to they go to the other stuff, and it's just like they don't have the same uh, connectivity. Like before, I felt like guys played the game because they loved it, um, uh, and they and they wanted to compete, and they wanted to make have a legacy. Um, now it's become about their biggest paycheck. How many – who's going to be the first athlete to a million, right? And that's like – that's what these guys are focused on, you know? Yeah, but so it, I, I agree it's about the money. But, dog, let's look at this. Michael Jordan was the most competitive bastard out there, and he made is, a gaggle these, of money. But look at, these, look at those NBA checks when Michael Jordan was playing. They weren't the same, right? Michael made his stuff off endorsements. They weren't the yeah. same as they are now, man. Now, these NBA checks, man, are monsters. Like, oh my they're, they're god! Changing, they're changing. They're changing guys, uh, the whole families for generations. They're monsters. So it's not. Well, that I mean, it really is a little bit different now, man, than what it was then. Well, we keep using. I keep bringing up Tristan Thompson. Let's look at this. He got eighty-five million guaranteed. To show you how much money he got with this little situation with Khloe Kardashian, uh, his his uh, his mother-in-law made him put ten million in a trust fund for the baby. There you go. And then, and then she made him sign an agreement that says if he gets caught cheating again, he has to pay another ten million. That's twenty million dollars, <laughs> and he agreed hey, to that. Because uh, that's a way for him to make sure that they they, they regulate him. So, <laughs> but he had the money. That's the crazy part about it. He still yeah. got sixty million left over. I mean, yeah. And he is uh, not uh, even an all-star. It's different now. It's, it's different now, though, man. Like, you know, he had a, a masterful agent and Rich Paul from Clutch Sports, and they were able to put some stuff together at a time when they had leverage, and it made sense. So, But if you look at it, I'll take his 11-11 and 11 in the paint, and it's contributing to them possibly, uh, you know, win, you know winning, the, winning the championship. So, you know, look at the type of money that the owners are going to make uh, off the, uh, you know, if they win another um, championship and the type of money that the, the, that the NBA gets from the television package. So well, I, I tell you, the gambling actually is really going to jump jump up the money for everybody. Now I'll say this: there's a couple of little traps in there. I remember the Milwaukee Bucks owner wanted to look um, the Greek freak in the eye. That was his quote before he gave him the money. Because if you look at it, if you give a guy $200 million cash guarantee and your franchise is only worth 
$1.6 billion. Um, you as the owner, <laughs> he may have more actual cash than you do. You know, and I think that's the whole that some of these teams. Now, the Warriors are a different situation because they got gaggles of cash. They're going to spend, I believe, a billion dollars uh, on this new uh, arena. And they need, they've been paying, what, $200 million? They'll pay up to $200 million in luxury tax over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But they have they have to do it because they got to get those uh, those uh, luxury seats sold in the new place. Right. It all makes sense. But you're right. The money has changed the game. But Money's changed the game, man. Money's changed the game. Let's look at this, though, Tim. Mike Krzyzewski and John Calipari make as much or more than any coach in the NBA, and they out there trying to slay people's throats every year. And they have, and and, and I got to respect for them because they have, it's like they got to start over every year. It's like they get, it's like Groundhog Day. They get to the finish, and then they start all over again because they normally don't have the majority of their, their roster coming back. But the passion is still in both of those guys. And well, it's I like, I, and I, here's the thing. I'll, I'll tell you, I was sitting at my time when I was working as a um, Nike scout, and Kevin Garnett came into practice, right? And the team was out there on the floor already practicing. Kevin Garnett comes in about 45 minutes after the um, after practice is started, and one of the teammates said, "That ain't Kevin. What time does a 11:30 that was?" Shoot around start. And it was about twelve fifteen. And Kevin Garnett says, When I MF and get there. Right. Ain't nobody, no player walking into Mike Shishesky's gym doing that. Or Calipari's gym doing that. So a coach has very little control over how that team goes out there and actually competes and what they actually do. Very little well, control. Well think about it now. Mike Shishesky was the Olympic coach. And he had to respect all those guys. Right, so they were competing for they were competing for their, their their country as well, but they weren't playing eighty-two games, right? So you yeah. get, you get the you get the top tier guys, top shelf, you know, guys that are coming together. Say, hey, we don't want to embarrass our country. You know what I'm saying? So there wasn't a price tag on that. They're playing for their own pride, right? So like that's a different motivation. It, it's not about not respecting the coach, man. It's just really about like like Akeem Olajuwon. He sat on the side, and I, I don't know, I forget who the coach was, but the story goes like this. He Rudy Thompson. Yeah, Rudy Thompson. His team, team is practicing, and, he, and, and Rudy's like, hey, you going to come out here and work with us, Akeem? And Akeem's like, hey, Rudy, you want it, you want it tonight or, or, or today during this practice, or you want it during the, on these back-to-backs? Because I'm not doing it. I'm not giving you both. Right? <laughs> it's not a joke. It's just, uh, damn, it's 82 days. And these guys yeah. are trying to preserve their bodies for a long career. I mean, it, it, it's things that, things that go into it, man. Um, you know, man, I, I really believe, man, if they shortened the, the annual NBA season and didn't have as many, back, as many, then you would see a different level of uh, energy out there, maybe a la what you see during the playoffs. But, I mean, these guys are human, too, man. They, they just ain't going to give it to you every night. You know? I mean, I... I mean, now that's been one of the biggest arguments, I think, between the old school guys and the new school guys. Like, if, if you think about what, think about what they've done, 
think, think about what they've done with the season. They've expanded the season. They've missed back backs. Look, it's one thing to change the NFL game because it's a violent game. Right. But, hey, man, you see Charles Barkley, big ass, sitting up there. He ain't got nowhere in town from all them back-to-backs. <laughs> I mean, you look at Shaq. He, it ain't like his knee. Kenny Smith is not needed as he is. He's running right. around the studio. Right. So it's it's basketball. It's not it like – It is and basketball, I get, but then, then you, hear, you hear the stories of, like, Larry Johnson, too, man, that, you know, couldn't get out of his bed in the morning from all the dang on back work he had to have done and shots he took just to kind of make it through a season. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I understand what you're saying with that. It is basketball. But, man, 82 games on that hardwood, the banging, the physicality, takes a toll on you. Oh, no, no, I agree. I agree. And that, hey, man, there's one thing I used to ask my homeboy, uh, my boy Dietrich, who used to work with D-Wade, can you get me some of them NBA socks? Because, man, the word on the street <laughs> – them is the most comfortable socks in the history of the game. No, no, they are. When you put them on, you be like, whoa, what just, what just contoured to my feet? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and let's be honest. Okay, the shoes that they wear and the shoes that are being sold in the store aren't the same shoes. No, no I, worked, I, worked at, I worked at Nike, and we definitely made, made a whole separate. Now, I will, I will honestly tell you. There's modifications made to the shoe in terms of what goes inside the shoe. Um, but a lot of those are these things called orthotics. Um, so yeah. the natural insole that you have in your shoe is not the same insole LeBron has on his shoe. And when, and when I was working with Paul Pierce, we would because of the way he liked to pivot and the way he liked to move, we would put a different tread on the bottom of his shoe that, that really helped him pivot uh, and stay up on his toes in a certain way. Uh, because, you know, the pivoting was such an integral part of his game. So there's definitely modifications made. Um, the shoe is built built out a certain way and, and you know, in a style that's going to sell at retail. But then when, when it's customized for the player, there's definitely going to be modifications. But that's not every player, right? Like a lot of yeah. my guys, they, they, they'll wear the same shoe that you that, that, that you're buying off the shelf, except they'll put a different uh, orthotic on the inside to, to help uh, – to help, you know, kind of with their feet and, and their body. Well, now, I, in the NFL, we had guys, um, and even when I was in the arena league, we had guys who had special orthotics because of uh, the plantar fasciitis and whatnot. Correct. Correct. Now, 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 I'll say this. Um, I think the one thing that has changed in, is is the way guys take care of their bodies because, that, look, Definitely. If you, if you saw that article that came out recently, uh, and, that, and that's another thing that our company emphasizes is that, you know, uh, you know LeBron spends 1.5 million euros annually uh, taking care of his body. Um, and, and we don't we don't obviously spend 1.5 million euros on, on, on an athlete, but we start to teach them about the proper nutrition and diet, uh, the Nordatech stuff, the recovery thing, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the right amount of sleep. Even some of our guys that have sleep, sleep difficulties, getting them, uh, you know, different uh, chambers. Uh, to help them with that, we're getting rest. And, um, you know, yeah, we, we definitely uh, are paying way more attention to the way guys are taking care of their bodies and, and, and the type of things that uh, technology is allowing us to do to, to maintain and extend their careers. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to thank uh, – we're about to close, and I want to thank Tim for coming on because, like I said, he provides a unique perspective 
that a lot of times you you know you out there in the in the in the, in the uh, get down family and in, in, in anywhere on uh, on the air can hear because you you get it from an inside perspective a guy who coached in college who's dealing with pros now what's the name of your company Tim Tell uh, we're all, all, all management group uh, A L L uh, management group uh, based out of Cleveland Ohio um, just in our startup phases man uh, it's time five guys in this year's draft so. Looking forward to seeing DeAnthony Melton, Jonathan Williams the third, uh, and the rest of our guys, uh, Alize Johnson, get out there and, and do what they're supposed to do. So we're excited about things, man. Helping these kids uh, learn how to how to develop themselves and how to train and, and prepare for the NBA. Now, uh, on the social media end, where can we find um, you and your company? What are your handles? So, so, so if, if you go to um, obviously that the at all management group, uh, MG, uh, MT, uh, GRP, uh, that's on the Instagram. And, uh, that's all we have up for right now. And, and with a, uh, uh, our website is, uh, www.allmanagementgroup.com. Okay. Now you say it's A L L M T G G R P. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So now out of all the places you coached, which was your your favorite? Well, for two, two, two of the places where, you know, I can't ever walk away from Wake Forest. That that place runs in my blood because uh, I gave my, my, my sweat and tears to the program in order to, to win there and be a part of things there. But then University of Missouri would be the other place. I just met so many great people there, and it was um, an unbelievable time in my life. And uh, still keep in touch with many of the people to this day. Uh, support Conzo Martin there. Uh, thousand and one million percent and i uh, hope that he's uh continues to do well go to ncaa tournaments and hope we make a run to the final four uh in the next five to ten uh he's an unbelievable person unbelievable coach and a great mentor to me so um yeah i would say wake forest with skip prosser and then university of missouri uh just just the people there were just unbelievable too i mean it was it was great having you on because like i said very few people get a perspective of the greatness of the sport. When you get an up yeah. close and personal look, I mean, I feel the same way because I mean, at University of Miami, I got a chance to play with um, three Hall of Famers: uh, Michael Irvin, Cortez Kennedy, and uh, Warren Sapp. And you know, you get to see, you know, the perspective of greatness, and it, it, it gives you motivation. Um, yeah. Next, ne- next week, Hurley should be back. Um, if not. Uh, you know what? Either way, Tim, we may want to bring you back next week yeah, because let's uh, back in. you know we I would love to spend more time with you guys. This is, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, well, until next week, I got to end the show like I always in it. You know what I'm saying? It's all about the you. <laughs> it's always all about the you, baby. Canes for life. Enough said. See you next week, people. All right, take care. All right, bro. Thanks for tuning in to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.